Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Allison. Allison Alexander is a self-love coach for high achieving mothers who are seeking to grow their careers with less guilt and shame. It is her belief that establishing deep self-love is the key to a life with more satisfaction and less burnout. As a trained librarian, she is obsessed with books. I am as well, <laughs> and never without a recommendation. She loves exploring her mountain our mountain town home of Aspen, Colorado with her family and beloved poodle. Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, so you have an interesting story um, <laughs> because you, uh, I, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to go too deep into and let you choose or let you share, um, but you moved um, and the move is where it gets really interesting. So can you share <laughs> when I was reading it, I was like, Oh, that's a, I mean, my spouse's, um, career has taken him all over the place. And so <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I can understand and relate to that. So, <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, Let's see. So in 2018, well, I guess it really kind of to kind of, I guess maybe to back up a little bit to figure out like <laughs> why I decided to move across the country um, yeah. and leave my family. Um, so um, my I have an 11, almost 11 year old daughter. She'll be 11 next month. Um, and it, I think she really kind of is the catalyst for what kind of started the move. Um, she is she started competitive snowboarding at four years old and we were, yeah. And we were living in Ohio and I don't know how familiar we are with Ohio, but it's not exactly known for it's like amazing snowboarding terrain. Um, it's pretty (laughs) flat, isn't it? Pretty flat. It's relatively flat. Um, and we had, when she started snowboarding my, which was something that she and my husband did together, they, like we started coming out to Colorado six, seven times a year. It got to the point where we were leaving a car out here actually every winter. Oh, wow. and, like, we were really <laughs> came out here a lot. And it also, I came out here when my, I came to Aspen specifically when my brother married my sister-in-law, who is like one of my favorite human beings in the Aww. world. And, her parents live in Aspen. And so they got married here. And the first time we came to Aspen, I was like, Oh, this is, this is where I, they're just, my heart was like, Oh, this is where I want to be. And it's funny because I should note, I am not a skier or snowboarder still. And I live (laughs) here. (laughs) Um, but we came here and I was like, Oh, this is where I want to be. And I, that never really left me. So, you know, uh, let's see. So we just kept coming out here. And then I had sort of an opportunity in my career where I was like, okay, do I want to stick with the job that I am being like the job that I have and the jobs that I'm being offered? Or do I want to try something else? And I 
we came out to Aspen for another random event and I looked in the paper and there was an advertisement for a children's librarian position here. <laughs> and I got my master's in library science, I think 14 years prior, but I had never actually worked in a library. I had always been working in some other educational capacity using my skills, but never actually working in a library. So I thought, well, I could apply for that job. <laughs> and I did. And they offered me the job here. At, but unfortunately, that was in October of 2018. And they wanted me to move to Aspen no later than January of 2019. And my husband owned a business. We owned a house. My daughter was in the middle of the school year. And it just wasn't feasible for us all to move at that time. So because my sister-in-law's parents live here, as I mentioned, they were kind enough to let me live in their basement <laughs> for six months. <laughs> so there was a 38 year old living in what felt like my parents' basement, but they weren't actually my parents for six months. I left my daughter and my husband for that six months. They joined me in June of 2019, but it really was, I think, a decision that a lot of people thought was really wild and crazy and also thought that their husbands would have never been able to survive like suddenly taking care of everything on their own while they were across the country but uh we kind of jumped in with both feet and here we are so that's, that's, that's awesome the story yeah uh my spouse and I on multiple occasions because of his job have had to live apart for like six months uh the last time it's because he got, we live in Connecticut now, but at the time we were living in Virginia and he, um, got a job up here. And I was like, I am finishing my associates. The kids are in the middle of the school year. You move <laughs> and we'll come when we're done. You know, after I graduate with my associates, after the kids finish their school year, um, which it was the same time, right? I was graduating the same time that they were finishing the school year. And so it was, you know, it's been tough sometimes to live apart like that. Uh, what were some of the struggles you found uh, being apart from your husband and your daughter at the time? Oh man. Um, well, I suppose that there were struggles of, there was a time zone difference because, you know, I, we're two out, we were two hours apart. And that was tricky to navigate because um, my husband wasn't used to getting up that early with her. <laughs> so he was like staying up late to talk to me and then would be tired. It was just, so there was, there was that to navigate. That was really kind of tricky just to like the time and just timing was really actually very tricky. And then also my, I was starting a whole new career, which yes, I had gone to school for, but I had never done what I was going to do. Like this whole, like, what does the librarian do? I had never really actually done that before. So I was trying to figure out a whole new career in a whole new place. And then also try to stay connected to my family. That was, that was really kind of a tricky time to navigate and to figure that out. Also, um, my husband really didn't have an understanding of everything that I did at the house. And so that was really kind of, while it was a struggle, it was actually a place where we found our evolution. Like it was him finally realizing, oh my God, like you do all of these things that I had never thought about. And so that was really um, a place of growth. I will call yes. it that. We'll call it a place of growth. Um, I mean, there was, there was so much of 
it feels like a lifetime ago really to think about it, but it was just, he'd had no idea. And so when he would complain or get frustrated, I was like, what do you want me to do? I'm across the country. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I figured it out while you were, we were together, you know, I did it. I don't know. Um, so it was just, it was, it really kind of changed everything. He just had no idea. He worked so much um, prior. And that was a huge part of why we wanted to move is we knew that we wanted our life to be different. And so it was a struggle because my life was becoming different, but his life was still the same. And so that was, there was a disconnect in that moment, um, that we had to work through. So, so what are yeah. some of the things that have changed since y'all moved to Colorado? Cause you said you wanted a different life. What does that different life look like? Oh my God. Uh, there is, literally nothing about my life right now that <laughs> resembles <laughs> anything that it looked like before. So one of the things that you didn't mention in my bio, and I, I don't know if I even mentioned it, it's at the time I owned a fitness apparel company also. That was my like side No, hustle. it wasn't I, in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I owned a fitness apparel company that I actually sold in June. And so I was working a full-time job when I lived in Ohio. I had, I'd had a clothing company for eight years at that point. I had two different ones. Um, and I was constantly doing something. I was always running to something, to somewhere to do things. And I think that a lot of people might not realize, but Aspen is a small town that everybody's heard of. Like, you know, everybody has heard of it, but there are like not that many people who live here. It's pretty remote. It's not easy to get to. I live more, um, more than an hour from a target. Um, wow. and in my previous life, yeah, in my previous life, I would pass five targets in a day, like in my daily, like commute without even. And so it's really simplified. Everything is moving to this mountain place has simplified everything. We have cut out everything that is not necessary really. And we, life is just a lot slower. My husband works less. He takes care of our daughter is always, you know, he's the one who gets her after school. He generally is the one who takes her to the bus. Like our life has just really evolved to a place where we communicate more clearly because we're not constantly rushing. When he came here in June, we really had a lot of conversations about like, okay, what do we want it things to look like now? Like we don't, we are given an opportunity here to transform. And I realized in that six months I was alone, like what I wasn't what I didn't like, what I was accepting that is not in alignment with like what I really want out of my life. And they kind of became non-negotiables. It was like, you know what? I've really enjoyed that. I have had some free time when I've been here. I've really enjoyed that. My only free time wasn't the like hour workout that I was squeezing in, you know, I, all of these things is I don't want our life to be squeezed in anymore. I want our life to feel as expansive as these mountains that we're surrounded by. And they, and they do. And that, that's a huge shift. Yeah. My spouse, um, started being home more. Uh, his job has allowed him here has allowed him to be home more, uh, in the last six months. And it's been like a split. I was like, listen, if you're home more, I don't need to do all the things. I don't need to take care of the kids and go to school and, and work from home. I don't need to do all these things. If you're home, you can contribute because I mean, in his defense, like for many years, he wasn't home a lot. So, and when he was home, he didn't have, he was working long hours. Um, and so I'm just like, 
So part of the days you can cook and our children just went back to school, our little ones. And I said, you know, I have classes. I'm going for a master's in psychology right now when you need to get the kids off the bus and you need to do this. And it was like this shift where he was just like, oh, there's lots of things that go on in this house that I had no idea. And I'm like, yes, yes, there is. Yeah, I don't cook and I haven't been to a grocery store in probably a year. So I mean, I pick up my groceries because I hate grocery shopping. Hate it so bad. He loves it. Oh my God. He <laughs> loves grocery shopping and he will tell me, he's like, I'm better at it than you. I'm like, listen, buddy, this is never a competition that I was trying to win. Like, I, I don't care. You can have that. You can be better than me at grocery shopping. That's fine. I have it. Have your win. My friend have my, have your win. <laughs> I won't let mine go grocery shopping because he will come home with a bunch of stuff that we should not have because he is one of those people that will just toss things in the cart. Like, Oh, that looks good. Let me put that where I'm just like, I can order on an app and, um, I let him order on the app and he doesn't do the impulse buying as much on the app as he does in the store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you still doing the library? Are you still a librarian or has your career shifted since then? So I am still a librarian. I, uh, I love being a librarian. I love working with children. Um, I love three and four-year-olds are little humans I could spend all day hanging out with as long as they're different ones and they go different places. Like I was not meant to be a preschool teacher. I love the hour that I get with them and just being able to make them feel like they are the most special human beings in the world. That is a true like joy for me. I actually, um, yeah. So for me, I, I am still a librarian and I love doing that. And I love connecting with the community. Like I said, as we are a small town, I have a lot of opportunities here to connect. And because I came from a larger city where I was actually working with a nonprofit that connected a bunch of different private and not and public organizations together, I have a little bit of different ideas about what community and connection can look like to support children and their families. So I really loved doing that work. I started doing the coaching that I do last year during COVID because as I mentioned, I was doing, I had a fitness apparel company and there were several other like fitness apparel companies, like women who own little companies who had started approaching me and were like, Hey, how are you doing? How do you do this? You know, I'm just starting. And of course they started right before COVID. So, you know, I was you know, like a seasoned veteran, I suppose at that yeah. point. And so I started offering coaching services to women who were doing that type of thing as kind of started like, Hey, can I pick your brain? And then I was like, well, you know, let's figure something out. And so it kind of, or I kind of came to coaching sort of in an organic way. I've always yeah. done it with the women that I've worked with in public, like, you know, in person, but then last year when everything was online, I just had a number of people just start reaching out to me because of, you know, things that I had shared. And I, I've always been really big on like with community over competition. And that's always been something that I'm pretty passionate about. So just kind of naturally emerged out of that. Yeah. I always loved my librarians growing up when I was a little kid. 
I was a super nerd and I would spend so much time in the library. I was one of those little kids that would come into the library, pick up like five books and three days later, return them and get five more books. <laughs> I just, to me, okay. uh, books Favorite. allowed me an outlet because um, I've struggled with depression since I was probably in single digits. And that allowed me like an outlet from like life, depression, um, family issues that I could just get lost in this book. I was a coach at one point in time too. I just uh, realized that entrepreneurship was not for me, Uh, but I was in the same kind of um, place you are where I had experience and people wanted to know like, how do you do these things? Like, how do you do as a busy mom and you take care of all these things? Um, so what is, what's up with the guilt and shame portion of this? So for guilt and shame, I really feel that with most of the women that I work with, it actually is related to the rest as is related to resting and for asking people to take on other things for them. The majority, honest to goodness, the most of my time I spend with my clients is, and now I don't so much do the business coach involved. Like I, when I started, like I said, it was mostly like women coming to me who had apparel brands were like, help, help. Um, but now, which was great, but now it is since then it has evolved to, you know, helping women who are doing other types of things. Um, but really what it kind of boils down to is a lot of times the women that I'm working with are women who are super capable. I don't need to tell some, like they are not, they do not need to do one more freaking thing. Like they are doers, but they don't let themselves rest at all. Like they don't let anybody take anything off their plate. They feel they have to control everything. Like they have to like, and at the end of the day, when you dig really deep into that, it often comes from a place of like, I feel guilty for resting. I feel like everyone else, you know, Beyonce can do it, you know, all these things, (laughs) all this like other, like ridiculous social conditioning that we all have that says like women can and should do everything, which like we can dig into. So I spent a lot of time really helping women feel less guilty for doing less and finding that there is a lot of freedom and that that is really where things can grow because you have four children. So, you know, like it is not unusual when you think about when your children were little, when they would go to bed and they, and like literally the next day they'd wake up like, Oh my God, she's rolling now. Or she can sit up like, or she can walk. Like our brains are meant to form connections during rest and they are meant to grow when we rest. And that does not change as we get older. So one of the biggest things that I work on is allowing women the permission to rest and release so they can actually grow. And so that's really like where the guilt and shame kind of, you know, at the end of the day, those are the things that are keeping you doing and not stopping and asking yourself, do I really want what I'm chasing? Like, do I want to have all these things that I have on my plate on my plate? And like, also, what the fuck am I doing? Like, just like, yeah. pause. like, you know, like just take a break. And, and what I try to do is create space for exploring why you feel like you can't stop. And why do you feel like you have to keep pushing to prove that you're valuable? And those are all the things that kind of come out of that guilt and shame. Yeah. In, in a previous life, I was a fitness coach. Uh, <laughs> this was uh 2014, 15, 16, between those years. I don't remember. It's a blur. Um, but one of the things I learned as a fitness coach was sleep is so important, right? Like 
you're building all these muscles. And the only way that these muscles are going to continue to be built is if you get that rest and you get that sleep. Uh, in one of the books I was introduced to is called Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. I've stopped following Sean Stevenson because of some of his views on COVID. But beyond that, the book is very informative. It has a lot of information on how to improve your sleep and, you know, how to, you know, be able to, you know, negotiate like, oh, you know, um, if you eat a certain number of hours before bed, then it will affect your sleep. Things that you're like, I never thought about. Uh, and I'll link the book up in the show notes. Uh, but that made me think of your, you know, your point about rest is how important it is for us. And is that something that you struggled with when you were, you know, running these fitness apparel when you were living in Ohio, basically? Yeah. I mean, I have had more than one job for as long as I can remember. Um, when I went to, when I did my undergrad, when I did my undergrad, I was going to school full time. I worked 30 hours a week at a hair salon. And then I also was doing dog sitting. Then, um, I continued to dog sit after I graduated from college and had a full-time job. And then when I went back to grad school, I also was working multiple jobs. Like I have always had multiple jobs. Even when I had my daughter, I started my first fitness or I started my first clothing company when she was an infant. And I was also teaching Pilates for like 15 hours a week. And I had a full-time job. (laughs) I just always, I've just always filled all of the things. And I felt like if I slowed down, what would happen? Like what would, what would happen to me? And Uh, I think that I had kind of a chaotic, somewhat childhood. My dad was a Marine. We moved around a lot. There was a lot of instability. And I think that that kind of trained me to always be like going and always insert. I was always in survival mode. I was always like, if I stop, then I'll be broke. And then I'll be like, blah, blah, blah. And I was rewarded because when I would take on these extra jobs, like, yes, it would allow me to like do different things. And it, it was always like rewarding But then when I finally kind of like moved here, slowed down and started to look around, I was like, okay, this I've got something has to give. I can't do all the things all the time. I can't take on 17 jobs because, you know, I had to truly learn, like, just because you have the time doesn't mean you have the capacity and there's a big difference. And so that's something, um, there's an amazing book called why we sleep by Matthew Walker, um, and it's all about the brain science of why we sleep and, and that type of thing. It's not so much practical tips, but it really kind of shows you the importance of sleep and rest and really digging into those types of things really did help me. But yeah, I absolutely, I used to run and go and do all the things. And to be honest, it's still, because it's so ingrained in me, like it's something that I continue to kind of struggle with to struggle with, you know, every once in a while I'll see like, Oh, there it is again. You're trying to do it again. You got to stop. Um, which is actually why I sold my fitness company in this in June, because I was like, you're doing too much. It has something has to go last year. I went back to school to get a second master's and I was working full time. I was coaching and I had my family, you know, and this fitness apparel company. And so something had to give. And so I've gotten a lot better. 
slowly, but it had to like slowly weed things away. Right. You mentioned Beyonce earlier and all I could think was she has the money to pay people to do these things. for her. Exactly. And I think that's what there's this false narrative of that women are given is that the these people like, you know, will say things like we have the same 24 hours in a day as Beyonce. Like, no, no, what you don't understand is that Beyonce buys other time and we are so like hesitant to you to invest in someone doing something else for us. Like asking, like whether it's asking a partner and delegating or visit or actually paying someone, she gets more hours in a day because she has more people caring for her things. She's not cooking her meals. She's not meal. Like she's not doing all those things. And there's this false belief that all these people have it figured out. And that, you know, then we're left to think, Oh, I'm the only one who can't do it. I can't figure it out. But the truth of it is, is that you have that no one is doing it all. They have a team. There's something that they're not doing. And you have to figure out what that formula is for you. Like I figured out in my household that me taking care of the groceries, me cooking the food, me doing running around, like that was not working. And that was not, that was energy that I was wasting because I could delegate it and have somebody else do it. And, you know, it's just a matter of finding those places and not feeling bad. You know, I have friends who are doctors this past year who have felt female doctors who are, who have had their husbands start like taking care of the kids more. And one of them said to me, I feel bad that he's making dinner now. Like I should be doing it. I'm like, why you're a doctor during a pandemic. Like, but that is so ingrained in us that like, well, we should be doing this. You should be able to manage this. No, no, you shouldn't. Like it's a collective. So Yeah. It's those gender roles, right. That we were brought up that, you know, women are supposed to be the ones that are cooking and cleaning and taking care of the kids. When, if we could just get rid of those, I mean, it doesn't matter what gender you are. You can take on, you know, the things (laughs) my, I have twins, um, and they're, they're 10 and my daughter, the boy girl twins. Um, and my daughter will tell us I'm going to be an engineer when I grow up and Cameron is going to live with me and he's going to clean my house. <laughs> Perfect. I hope that happens for her. I, support I, that. I told her, I was like, when you're building robots, cause that's what she wants to do. She says she wants to build robots. Um, when you're building robots, even if it's not your brother being the one that's cleaning your house, absolutely have your spouse. Well, she said she's never getting married, but <laughs> have somebody that's doing the things. Cause then you can focus your genius on this one thing. Um, somebody once, and I don't know who it was said, you can, you can do the, all the things you just can't do them all the time. So you can't yeah. be good at everything that you got to pick the things you're going to be good at, because if you're spreading yourself too thin and all these things, you won't, you won't excel in anything. Yeah, that's so true. That's such a great point. And one of the things that, you know, I was talking with a client not too long ago and she was like, I've got, she was going out of town and she's like, I have all these things I have to do. And I was, she was like, I'm feeling very overwhelmed. And I was like, okay, well, let's break down what you have to do. And one of the things that she listed was, well, I have to pick out my kids' clothes. And I was like, I'm sorry, who's watching where, where were your children be? And her husband was going to be home. I was like, so will your husband not have access to the drawers where these clothes are kept? She said, well, yeah, but he won't dress them right. And I'm like, what? Let's, let's, let's take a pause. I'm assuming you didn't marry a toddler. He knows what is appropriate. Your children 
can find like together your children and your, your spouse can find the drawers. They can put items on their bodies. You don't have to worry about that. She's like, I won't know what they're wearing. Who cares? Like who cares? Like, you know, there's also this like element of control. So many women don't have control and so many, like in so many ways, we don't have a lot of control. So I see what I do see happening a lot as women trying to over control the things that they can like controlling, like what their husband does when their husband is, is taking care of the children. Like I'm going to bet you that if you backed up and I've seen this in evidence in my own life and in those around me, if you back off, I bet that your husband might do a little bit more because he'll feel capable. You are empowering him to do more things, which makes your life easier, but, but that's tricky. And, you know, it takes a minute, it takes a beat to get there, but you know, it's one of those things. Eventually I believe that her children were dressed by her husband and they were fine. So that's put a bow on that story. Yeah. Everybody I always say you have to pick your battles yeah. um, because so I have four kids, as you mentioned, yeah. and growing up, I mean, when they were very little, yes, they couldn't really pick out their own clothes because they were tiny and they didn't understand. But I have 10 year olds, like are my youngest, and I just let them as long as it's weather appropriate and there's yeah. no major holes in ribs, you wear whatever you want. You pick out your own clothes because I don't have the capacity to deal with that every day. Right. Exactly. One of the, when my husband, when my daughter was really little, he was working a lot, but they would travel together. Often. He was really great about taking her on these like road trips or like taking her to go snowboard together. And I remember on the first one, somebody asking me, well, aren't you worried about what she's eating? Or if, and I was like, I guess I figure out, you know, he's got to deal with it. So I'm not there. So he can handle it. He's an adult. And and that gave me so much freedom and space mm-hmm. to not worry about that. But I recognize that that is tricky for some people to let go of. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I mean, I just think we're so ingrained that we think that we have to have all this control. And I remember the first time I went to speak at a conference and I had to leave my spouse alone with the kids and I had so much anxiety. I kept texting him like, did you do this? Did you do that? And he was just like, Meg, stop, like, just stop. I can handle this. And I'm like, but can you, and then you know what happened? (laughs) Our child, I don't remember which one it was, got put on the wrong bus. So their teacher, they, they said, oh, I'm going to go on this, bus because they're, they were little, they were like, first grade, second grade. And they were just like, oh, you know, I'm going to ride this bus with my friend and the teacher wasn't paying attention and they got on the wrong bus and he calls me and he's like I don't know what to do uh this child is not home and I was like oh my god this is exactly what I was worried about (laughs) and he figured it out I was like call the school he's like I already did and I was like go talk to them and they will return our child and he was like I'm already at the school I'm just waiting and I was like why are you calling me then? Like, you've already figured it out. You don't need me to tell you. Um, but it was like, you played right into that, like anxiety. I'm like, yeah. you shouldn't even have called. You should just like, let me know later. Like, Hey, we lost a kid, but we got them back. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. So yeah, I can, I can totally see how, you know, working women, women with careers or businesses, entrepreneurs struggle so bad because like, we expect that we have to do all of the things all the time. 
Yeah. And we also, there's this element of scarcity that is baked into our culture for women. Like if you think of like there, you know, you wonder why white men are so confident it's because they see so many people like them succeeding there for, for a lot of women, if we don't have those models, like it feels like, oh, there's only so much success that's available. And if I don't work hard, you know, and that's also baked into our culture, which I could nerd out and like talk all about <laughs> like where that came from. But oh, yes. Just trust me on that. And, and so we think that we have to do it. We think that we have to constantly push and that if we stop, like that we haven't earned it. You know, a lot of women have said like, you know, well, I can't take a break from my business because I haven't earned enough money yet. And it's like, okay, well, here's the thing. I always say you have to practice like you want to like practice, like you want to play. And if you're telling yourself, like, I have to work constantly to achieve a certain level of success. When you get that certain level of success and something doesn't switch off in your brain that says like, okay, it's safe to rest now. No, you're going to continue that because your brain is going to be conditioned because it is designed to keep you safe, to keep you going and going and never resting. So when I work with people, it is on helping them create sustainable ways that they can create the lives that they want. Not like I will rest when, because what you're saying to yourself is, I'm not worthy of resting until then. And we are all inherently worthy of resting because that is just, we were born that way. Like, no, like at some point something happens to us where we think like, oh, this beautiful baby, like is worthy of everything. But then at some point, like, no, we're not worthy of everything. Like what happened? That doesn't make any sense. So it's getting back to that place of recognizing that like, you don't have to do to be worthy of resting and to pause and to trust that the things, you know, and that's not to say there won't be struggle, but it is to say that like pushing harder and worrying more, like is not the way to create a life that you actually want to have. That isn't going to like leave you exhausted and depleted. So, yeah. And at some point in time, your body's going to say you haven't rested enough and it's going to make you rest. I knew a very busy entrepreneur who had a podcast and two businesses and all these things who ended up getting shingles. Yeah. And it made her realize like, I've been pushing too hard. This Mm -hmm. stress has caused me to have shingles. And she was out for like a month. And she realized like, I need to take care of my body and take care of myself. Cause if I don't something worse might happen next time. Yeah. And you know, it's our bodies are not designed to go like this. They just aren't. And if we don't pick the days, you know, if we don't design the time to, to to pause and to rest, our bodies are going to pick it for us. So when I design my week, I start with, when am I resting? Like I start with, when is my me time first? That goes on my calendar first. It is non-negotiable. And I have clients who do the same things. Like when we talk about their time management, we start with, where is your alone time? Where is your protected time? And treat it like it is an appointment that you cannot break. Because if you don't, you will give that time away and you will never have it. So for me, I have a couple times a week where I have chunks of time that are non-negotiable Allison time. And if I, and I know that if at some point in the week I'm feeling like, oh, this is all a lot, like I can either see if I can create some space before then, or I know like, okay, this thing is coming and then, you know, we'll get there and then you'll have your, you know, two hours of rest or you'll get to sleep in or whatever the thing is. Exactly. I mean, no is a complete sentence. 100%. And 
there's always the ability to reschedule. There's very few things that are so emergent that you have to do them. There's always this opportunity to be able to say, you know what? I'm really exhausted. I struggle with depression. As I already mentioned, I've been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And uh, one of those things that comes with that is depression. And when I'm depressed, I will reschedule podcast interviews. I will do the bare minimum of like schoolwork and, and work work, um, all of those things, just so that I can like take care of myself. Cause that's the most important thing. Cause I know if I keep pushing the depression's not going away, it's just going to get worse. Yes, absolutely. And on top of that, you know, is that again, like this need of doing and perfection and like people pleasing all those things that, you know, women so often struggle with, you know, recognizing you don't have to do everything perfectly. Like, I love what you said about like, sometimes I just have to do schoolwork. Mentioned last year when I went back to school, like, and I was dealing with admittedly way too much because I I wasn't planning on a pandemic when I signed up for this program and (laughs) that added a whole nother layer of chaos. Um, but there were times when I had to realize like, you know, sometimes just reading the bare minimum to get through the class or to do that, like that's going to be enough. And sometimes checking the box as an employee is enough. Sometimes giving my kid mac and cheese, like, you know, or whatever, or whatever it is, like, sometimes that's, that's okay. And that's fine. You know, sometimes like good enough is, is okay. In some places that's more than okay. It's essential for your survival. Absolutely. So as we wrap up the podcast today, what would you like to leave the inspired women audience with? Um, I think that you are worthy of rest, that you are worthy of taking a break and that truly, and you know, it's cliche that you can't put on, you know, you can't help somebody until you've helped yourself, but that truly is true because when you are taking care of yourself, you're showing yourself love and we are only able to love to the degree that we love ourselves. So truly like allowing yourself to be recognizing you don't have to achieve constantly and push and struggle and burn yourself out for the, at the expense of others. It's not a, it's not a way to get where you're going. So creating that pause and space is the best way to get where you want to go. Yeah. If, if I don't take care of myself, I cannot take care of my own children. Um, there's, it's just not possible. I'm only one person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I completely understand when, especially in, in any capacity, we all have people who depend on us, right? Like, even if you don't have children, you might have coworkers, you might have a spouse, you might have all these people that, you know, maybe it's a lot or a few people that depend on you. And like you said, if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of other people. Yeah. And I truly believe that our, like I said, are your, your depth of self-love is the, what you can give back. And I think that, you know, if we create that deep love for ourselves, we can create deeper lasting change. And also I realized when I took that space, when we moved that I wanted to model when my daughter came here, a life that I would want her to live. And I didn't want her to, I wouldn't want the life that I had before I moved for her. But right now I can say that with 100% confidence, if my daughter's life mirrored mine and right now I would be thrilled for her because right now I've created a life that I genuinely love. I take care of myself. And so that's such a driving force for me. Our kids, everyone around us sees what we're doing. We're modeling all the time. 
And I want to be able to show the people around me that, you know, deep self-love and care is possible and allows you create so much more space for everyone else. So, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.